0: That's b o d i dot com.
1: Hi, I'm Abby,
0: and I'm Vanessa.
1: And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes. And what would it be if another week, if we didn't have a bonus episode? And we have Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives giving us just that. Hot Takes and Deep Dives on all things Bravo. And it is tea you will definitely want to listen to. We are here with another Bravo fanatic, Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives is joining us so that we can get some hot takes on all of her Bravo interactions. And you've had a lot of them. I am so jealous with the amount of Bravo lebs you've like just been in contact with. It's amazing.
2: I mean, you have to move to New York and we'll make it happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Done. We'll just uproot our families. I think I feel like New York City maybe post-COVID could be a good place. Right now? I don't know. Is it scary right now?
2: Um, That's a really great question. Uh, And I think that there are some misconceptions. It really, I mean, based on the news and like a lot of people who don't live in New York who are like, how, you know, I've stayed in the city. Like I didn't go, you know, to some other house or anything. And a lot of people who aren't here have been, you know, like, how have you stayed there? And honestly, it's fine. Like it, it depends where you are. It depends like the neighborhoods where you are, but I mean, I'm walking like five miles a day on the West Side Highway. Like I can, you know, have fresh air in my face and see, you know, the river, which is really pretty. And people are definitely out and about, you know, especially on really nice days. Like people are hanging out like in Central Park, you know, like distanced from each other. But it's not like the city is shut down 100% the way I think the media is covering it to be.
1: Yeah, it's not like a scene out of like a scary movie or no, anything. Right
2: now. No, 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 no. <laughs> well,
1: that's good to hear. I just I do think like there's been a a little bit of like sense of fear. I just think for everyone, the unknown is always scary. And then like they just talk about New York being the epicenter. And I always think about, my like, gosh, people in the city, like I don't even know what that would be like. If you live in a high rise, the the risk you're exposed to because, you know, in the Midwest, majority of us are in homes and w- yeah. we can control A little bit of our exposure. So it's good to hear that it's not uh, overtaking people's lives and
2: they're not able to get out. Oh, no, of course people can get out. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Well, uh, I guess we'll take a a little bit of a a turn. I am dying to know. So you, we actually, when we were watching the episode, we're like, oh my God, it's Jess. You were on (laughs) the most recent or two episodes ago, Real Housewives of New York, the comedy show for the anti-bullying charity fundraiser you were there. You saw all the women. I mean, tell us every detail.
2: The comedy the people, the comedy show from hell.
0: Yes. And before you do, why don't you tell us about your podcast really quick and how yeah. we know you?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So your listeners may know me from the podcast Out in the Wild, which I co-created, uh, wow, like over a year ago. And we had a ton of success there, you know. You know, I'm the one who did the Kelly Ben Simone interview that went viral, like where she was basically saying how Bethany back in, you know, Scary Island, like didn't care if she had a miscarriage. Like she literally said that in my apartment and that, <laughs> I mean, and it wow. result like in a couple of you weeks, know, a few weeks later, Bethany was actually on Watch What Happens Live and Andy asked her for a reaction. And so that really helped propel that, that project that I was working on and like really gave me a platform and like the, the audience, I was, what else? I mean, I was the person who pers I personally filmed. like I was at the party where in the party in the Hamptons where Ramona kicked Giselle Bryant out of the photo.
0: Oh my God. I'm dying. That was, right I, I know I, my jaw on, dropped.
2: It's literally, and I can prove it because it's the original footage is on my iPhone
0: amazing I know watching that moment play back on Instagram one it was so Ramona but I was also just shocked by how ruthless
2: Ramona is
0: and she gives like zero fucks about that
2: I mean I just you know I went to this party to because basically we were there because so I'm friendly The, the people who organized that event they typically work with Jill Zarin for her like luxury luncheon and I'd gone to that a couple of years ago, you know, before I had a podcast, I just went um, with my partner, like she was one of the sponsors for it. And like, I basically was like, we are finding a way to get to this event. Like, and I literally made my partner who works for this plastic surgery company. Like I finagled this whole thing and like hooked her up with the event organizers and we wound up going, it was like the highlight of my life. And So I stayed in touch with the event organizers. And last year, Jill was no longer affiliated with it. And this time around, it was going to be in Southampton. And Kristen Takeman was hosting the event. So we get there. And the only two housewives which were there were, well, of course, Kristen. And then Ramona and Giselle. And I just saw that, you know, they were lining up for this photo. And I just saw that Ramona was... Doing some shady shit, and I, li- I didn't know she was gonna kick around in the picture. I just like started filming on my phone, and you know, I put it on Instagram, and it like, it absolutely went viral. I mean, it when they talked about it on the talk, you know, the CBS show. Like, yeah,
1: it, it was the center yeah. of Bravo con Watch what happens live. I, the squash that beef that came up. I mean, I can't. That's like, I have goosebumps like, just thinking. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so lame, but like, to I can't not believe. I mean, you are the reason why, like so many memes were created and I mean, that is just unbelievable. My, my impact
2: as they like to say, yes. <laughs> but, um, The the and so anyway you know I've done tons of tons of interviews and now like they're they're all on my new show so basically um had a lot of success with that podcast and I've basically rolled it into a rebrand and it's called Hot Takes and Deep Dives um and it's still the same Bravo Liberty interviews you know I can talk to you about like a, a really cool interview I did with Kyle Cook from Summer House um. Gosh, I interviewed Perez Hilton um, a a few months ago, and don't think that I did not ask him about – in season three of Roni, do you – I don't know if you remember this. It depends how much of a Roni scholar you are. But in season three, he was literally part of a storyline because Bethany was furious that he had leaked her pregnancy on his website.
1: I I completely forgot about that, but you're right. That was – that's – I mean
2: – So I like brought – you know, he's he's not a big housewives yeah. person. You know, I talked to him about Lady Gaga and Madonna and, you know, of course the history of his, his – you know, just how he started as a blogger in a coffee shop like at Starbucks and now he's like this media – you know – empire but um but yeah at the very end I did ask him like how did you who was your source that Bethany Frankel was pregnant and you know it was just funny
1: I'm sure he didn't give it up but those are like when you see that kind of (laughs) stuff and then later it becomes true you're like who did they know and like how do you become that person I don't know if I want to be the one leaking someone's pregnancy necessarily but like I want to know all this stuff before everyone else Like, I think that'd be so cool
2: 100% so yeah like everything I do now is on hot takes and deep dives um Enjoy it, subscribe. Actually, just today, um, the at the episode that just came out, I did an interview with Peter from Vanderpump Rules. And I got him to listen, I try to have a little bit of a Howard Stern style with the interviews. Like I, I don't waste my time with an interview without any type of like agenda. Like I know the 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 juicy bits that I want to like lead them to. And so I definitely got him to react to the editor scandal. And he completely like flips out about that in the interview. Yes.
1: Oh my God. I can't wait.
2: And I got him to talk about his response or his reaction to Max and Brett's racist tweets, which surfaced.
1: And I hope it comes up on the reunion. I feel like it was a big thing. And then maybe because the season's just been so bad, everyone's kind of forgot about them in general. But
2: I think that Bravo is trying to bury it. I don't I'm think sure. they would draw attention to it. Well, I think it's
1: becoming a problem. There have been a lot of Bravo lebs that have had issues with racism. We had Leanne from Dallas. We had Brandy from Dallas. We've had Max and Brett and now Catherine it seems like it's a problem when you have three different shows and three different geographical areas that are having this, the same issue where they're saying really just insulting and offensive things.
2: I just, the question I have is like, how do you cast these new members, cast these new people? I'm talking about Max and Brett. Like they cast these new people on a very established show. You don't like first of all, it two people are to blame. There's the produ- production, like they didn't go through the history of their social media. And like, f- if they saw it, make them delete it immediately. And also if I'm, wow, geez, I just got cast in Vanderpump Rules, all eyes are going to be on me. Like, how are they so lazy that they didn't go back to all of their tweets and scrub out anything that would be, you know, embarrassing or disgusting?
0: A thousand percent. Think. Abby and I had the exact same thoughts. And like how
2: lazy! It's just like
0: be? <laughs> it's just like common sense these days, and especially with the fandom that Bravo has. I mean, all three of us, we love it. Fans, we are you know shady bitches here. <laughs> yeah. We will dig into that stuff, and it's going to come out whether you bury it or not. Always, someone always has a screen grab of something. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. Well, let's get back to the comedy show from hell. Cause I'm dying. Like I have so many questions, even yeah. like watching it. I'm like, this looks like a shit show in the best way possible. I mean, it's a perfect storm of just very, uh, opinionated self-centered people trying to act like they're doing good in the world. And I love that Bravo did a clip of all the women bullying each other, uh, saying that they are in support it of an amazing. anti-bullying movement. Yeah.
2: It was amazing. Um, so yeah, I'll, let me give you the highlights. I actually did, um, earlier, was it earlier this week? Um, or last week I, I did a whole, I dedicated an entire like episode of hot takes and deep dives where I like went through the nitty gritty of every single thing, but I'll give you like, I'll give you like the best of it. So basically the, the girl who produced this event, do you, did you watch princesses long Island?
1: Yes. I loved it.
2: Do you remember Chanel? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So Cut to so basically I know her through we have a mutual, a very close mutual friend and like non-Bravo related, like an actual, like a real a, a genuine, like we have like this best friend in common. And I interviewed her, you know, she she used to work for Lindsay Lohan, all this stuff. Anyway, I interviewed her for the podcast, uh, maybe like last summer, and we stayed in touch, and she was, you know, kind of working on her own show, on her own podcast, and she somehow got linked up with Luann. And I'm not really quite sure how, but Luann sort of took a liking to her. And Chanel was trying to do a live show, like a live podcast taping, which typically they're at like small comedy venues around the city. They're not in like huge rooms the way you saw, you know, on the show. And so she had said, you know, like, I'd love to feature you. I'd love to interview you for my live show, you know, so I could basically tell funny stories just like I'm like telling you. And so I was like, I'd love to. You know, I was like flattered. I was like, that that's awesome. Cut to, she said, you know, weeks later, she says, I, I think Luann is going to like do some of her cabaret in the show. And I was like, how the fuck did she get Luann to agree to this? <laughs> like, I was like, what? I was like, wow. Like, I was impressed that she got Luann to agree to it. Cut to a few days later. I find out and they're going to be filming for the show cuz this was filmed in September, the middle of September. And I was like, "Oh my god." Like I'm I'm I, as more and more is revealed, I'm kind of like taken aback and I can't believe that Chanel is pulling us off. And then the week of so cut to I, you know, like we were supposed to, you know, invite all of our friends, you know, is for for this anti-bullying fundraiser. You know, I probably had like 15 friends come. Like a lot of people came because in my email, I was like, Luann is definitely going to be there. They're going to be filming. People were like, say no more. Like I got to see this shit show. And then I find out a day or two before that it's going to be an all cast event.
0: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> You're probably- <And> yes. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Then, then it, then I started like really focusing on like what I was going to wear and like how to make myself like (laughs) look good for this. So I put together, basically we were all instructed to tell a story about how you were bullied in the past, like either like in high school or when you were younger and how you overcame it. But at the same time, it was supposed to be funny because this was like a comedy show, very mixed message, mixed messages. It was very strange the communication was strange all along about about the details of it and that was basically it so we get there I mean do you want to jump in and ask something at this point
0: (laughs) I have a question did it
2: ever occur to them that
0: comedy may have not been the right thing for an anti-bullying event like was there ever like that disconnect because if you were watching yeah we were kind of like um this feels kind of Not the most natural
2: thing to put together. I mean, she had booked comedians, like people who, you know, do stand up around the city um, and then just like funny, you know, maybe there were like five performers or so. So yeah, like the majority of her people were comedians and Luann was like, you know, you saw on the show, she was doing like her funny bits, quote unquote, funny bits. And the, actually here's like some tea for you. Guess who was part of the event, but you did not see them on the show. Darren Carp, no, yes, and so basically, Darren gets there, and she she did not know that this was for the housewives. She didn't know that it had anything to do with the housewives.
1: How did she not know that being a NBC Bravo employee?
2: I, I, she's just friendly with Chanel, and Chanel Chanel's not the greatest communicator. it's like sounds like every day it'd be drips and drabs, and like and if you're not like checking your email all the time, like you're going to miss some details. And so Darren gets there and like, li- we're all hanging out. This is like firsthand experience. You know, I know Darren, you know, like, I interviewed her on the podcast and we, we, it's a small world, this whole like Bravo world. Like once you're in it to the point of, you know, having a, a podcast and whether you're like an influencer on Instagram, like it becomes very small and you, you do kind of get to know everybody. And so, of course, Chanel would know Darren Carp, and so she gets there, and she's so pissed that it's a filming event. Like she can't, Darren Carp cannot be seen on Roni. Like that's insane, you know. Like Andy's assistant, like it's yeah, yeah. it
1: looks very yeah. It just doesn't. Like, the optics of it are not good.
2: It's a total conflict of interest, and so. As she also didn't know that it was a comedy event. So she go- – This is just uh, – yeah, I'm laughing because I'm just thinking
1: this is my nightmare as like a very uh, – Vanessa and I are both very type A. So to like not know about something and get there and all of these things thrown in my face, I think I, I would yeah. just leave.
2: Yeah. I'm sure she wanted to. Like she to- actually wound up telling a very serious story about how like an ex-girlfriend of hers, her mother – uh, wouldn't call her all these like derogatory names, you know, for being gay. And like, she cried on stage. Oh, like, wow. I remember, I remember like, like Ramona was like, are you like afterwards, like hugged her. It, it, the vibe was just very weird. And, but anyway, she gets off stage and she's like, I'm so annoyed. She's like, I shouldn't be here. She had to call Andy and apologize. Of course, like Andy was like, whatever, don't worry about it. Like, obviously they're, they're just not going to use you, but Yeah.
0: That's crazy!
2: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I have a question. Why was Jock part of it? Because he's <laughs> not—he one, he's not funny. Two, you can't understand him. I mean, was that did Chanel know about that, or was that just like a thing that Louanne like begged for?
2: I think that. Oh yeah, I'm one hundred percent. Luanne was like, "I'll invite Jock," and like, how perfect that to bring him into an episode of the show. I think he is legitimately trying to do stand up which Ooh, interesting he, he bombed he bombed for like 15 minutes straight like it felt like he was on the stage forever
1: oh were yeah. people, like, nice? Or, I mean, that's the other thing with, like, comedy. No, people, no. like, kind of heckle you. And it's like, well, this is anti-bullying. Like, I just – the whole atmosphere, I'm sure, was very conflicting.
2: It was – the whole atmosphere – you're dead on. Yeah, the atmosphere was all very conflicting. Kind of, like, no – the the main issue was that the room was way too big. Like, huge. That The room is meant – it's at this venue called Slate, which is, like, a bar, restaurant, lounge situation. And it's, it's meant – to host like big dinners or you know it's meant to hold like a thousand people like not you know do comedy from like so you when you do comedy i mean i don't do comedy but i know from going to shows you're supposed to be very it's supposed to be a very intimate tight space and you're supposed to be really close to the comedian you're you were so far away and up on a stage so anyway he like nobody ultimately like nobody was like paying attention and like talking throughout it it was like a Fucking disaster.
1: (laughs) Were the girls, I mean, like, were people like aware that it was housewives? Were the girls like trying to make a scene? Like, what was, what were the, how were the housewives behaved?
2: They were pretty, well, they were talking through the whole thing. But aside from that, they were, so they were seated toward the front and they had like their own reserved, you know, table. But, like, yeah, I would say, like, overall, they were fine. Although, like, you would see, like, Ramona and Dorinda, like, get up repeatedly. Like, at one point, my friend ran into Dorinda in the bathroom. And my friend, my friend like, loves Dorinda, like, historically. And I was like, here's your moment. Like, go. Like, Dorinda went to the bathroom. Like, go do whatever you need to do. And she, my friend came out. And she's like, I'm pretty sure. She, I mean, who knows what she was doing. But, like, she was either smoking. She was either vaping or Doing something else. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Say no more. Say no yeah. more. We can connect yeah. the dots from there. Yeah. Well, that explain I mean, given her season so far, I mean, there's something going on. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. How long was the event? Was it as oh long- my god.
2: It was it was Guys, this is part of the reason it was so bad. It went on forever. So, like, let's say it started. I think like the doors open and there was an open bar, at like from seven to eight. Figure it started a little after eight. Well, I didn't get out of there until like eleven thirty because like we did the whole show. But then everybody, you didn't see this on the show, but everybody then went downstairs. There's another huge thing where like you saw them like slide. down. There's like this. Slide. Yes. But yeah. Then downstairs, there's another bar, and all the, the cast was all playing ping pong. But and they filmed it all, but they didn't use it.
0: Is that the same slide that Luke and Hannah went on a yeah, date 100 on Summer House? Okay, that's what yes. I thought in my head. I was like, I'm yeah. having deja vu. I'm sure there's only so many slides and bars in New York, and this has got to be the same one.
2: The, be- the best part so, finally, like, relieving. It's like, okay, like, well, I'm done. You know, like, I did my bit. Yes, yeah, so you wound up seeing me for, like, half a second on TV. Like, they, thank God I was so anxious that they were going to – like, I talked about – well, whatever. I won't bore you with what I talked about. But, like, um, I, I was very grateful that they cut whatever it was that I said. And so we leave, and Dorinda is crying on the street to a producer. She's alone. Like, the only people on the street are me and my partner – and Dorinda and this producer. And so we pass them. And I just go over to them and I'm like, are you okay? Like she's like crying. And the producer turns and he go, he laughs, and he goes, he goes, This happens every day. Oh my God. Can you
1: believe it? She does it? seem a little unstable right now. Like I in her moods oh and the way she reacts to stuff, like it has definitely crossed my mind that i not even like something illegal or anything like that but like she seems like uh imbalanced and that like she she's working on finding the right balance of mm-hmm. things to help her right now
2: i mean based on what we're seeing on the show it seems like she needs it doesn't seem like she ever got grief counseling from when richard died so i i mean obviously there's other stuff going on but i think that's a big component it's it like feels he died
1: yeah she just lived, like in this phase now where it's like uh Like, I think, you know, I've lost somebody really important to me and I've talked about on the podcast, but like you do, it goes in waves, but she's kind of like in this weird wave where it's like denial and she's just pretending like he's still there. Like the way she talks about him, it's almost like Richard and I just went to lunch. Like he's been gone for a while.
2: The scene where she was talking to herself outside their townhouse from back in the day. She's turning, she's, she is Sonia.
1: You're right. Like she (laughs) can't let go of what she used to be.
0: We totally. It's a little Grey Gardens-esque without the Grey Gardens. Watching yeah. now that, we're all talking about it and playing it up, but it's really hard to watch as a viewer. And I mean, we've all loved from uh, Dorinda and she's had some great housewife moments, but it's getting a little
2: dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she should leave the show.
1: I yeah. wonder if she gets asked yeah. back. It just—it does seem like something's going on, and if production's having to like basically counsel her every day cuz she's having just breakdowns. I feel like for them that's got to be wearing.
2: Well, I know the gu- I know the guy who was her personal assistant during this time. Like he he was doing like her social media and acting as her assistant, so he was around for all of the filming this season and it re- it ended very badly. Like she would scream at him and you know, he told he told me this firsthand and he told me a story of how They were up filming in the Berkshires and she flipped out at production because basically like she, you know, they, they agreed to like film at a certain time. They all slept out to the Berkshires and her, I guess she was supposed to go to lunch with her parents and, or, or with her mother and. Her mother was waiting in the car, and then she just started screaming at production, like, my mother is 80-something years old. Like, you're wasting my time. And they're like, well, we can go. Like, I know for a fact she became very difficult to work with with in, in terms of production this year.
1: We've heard similar stories, too, where production, like, has had a, almost, like – support and counsel her staff because she's so ugly and hateful to them and they don't film it obviously but like she yells at people for things like she'll drop a bowl and she screams at everyone else because it's their fault and like productions had to be like are you okay because you basically were just like verbally abused for a solid 10 minutes
2: exactly yes yeah I've heard the same thing So it's, I mean,
1: it just, it seems like this is the thing for like those of us that truly love, like live and breathe Bravo. It's almost like you feel this sense of guilt. And I've talked about this with Luann, watching Luann in previous seasons, knowing she has a problem, seeing her get super drunk. It's entertaining. It's funny. She fell in the bushes. We've memed it. Like we're part of the problem. And I almost feel like I'm an enabler at times because we continue to support and like love these women when like. Maybe it's time for them to step away. I've always thought like Bravo should have stepped in and told Luann to take a break. And I'm starting to get the same feeling with Dorinda. Like somebody needs to step in and say, you need to take care of you right now.
2: See, here's the issue. I'm not talking about about Luann. I I actually think Luann is the greatest housewife of all time. Like I – well, I would say Luann and Bethany are like my two favorites across all franchises. And – I mean, mostly due to like their arcs, and like I feel like they've they've they're the ones who've like really given their entire lives to the show, and just like the the journey that they went on from like day one to present day, like there's no other housewife, there are no other two housewives that have had that kind of story arc in their personal lives. Here's the thing with Dorinda, and the reason why, yeah, like we're we're complicit and we are part of the problem. She evolved. If you if you look back at season seven when she first joined the cast, she was the voice of reason. She was super grounded. We all fell in love with her because she almost had a Bethany esque quality where she was almost the Greek chorus, like she was the normal one who was like commenting on all the antics. And as she became the antics, you know, like the catchphrases and all that shit, she, I think, became so taken with being. On the show and this Bravo lifestyle and the perks that come along with it, you know, in terms of endorsements and, uh, you know, uh, having a huge following on Instagram, like it becomes like a drug to these women and. Not to mention, like, the merchandise and personal appearances. Like, you begin to make a lot of money. The point is, is that she has been rewarded for her bad behavior. Like, every outburst, like, results in a catchphrase with clip, clip, clip. She was being like a monster to um, Sonia in that scene. But yet she's rewarded for it. Yeah,
0: no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think... This is where you see, in as Housewives viewers, you can see where women play up the character part, where they feel mm-hmm. a little bit less real, and they become a caricature of themselves in a way, and they play into the part that they're, quote, playing on TV, I think you're nailing right there, and Dorinda. D- I think the same things happened with Nini. Like, I, I think there's a couple different housewives. As the years go on, they become so far removed from who they really are and Sonya, who they Sonya, were.
2: I would say Sonia is the classic example. I love Sonia. <laughs> oh, see, I am so I am over it. Uh, listen, I love Sonia, but like honestly, I need a minute. Like, I can't. It's. I love New York. Like, New York is my number one for life. If I was stranded on a desert island, it is the only thing I would put on my iPad for the rest of my life. Like, honestly, it is my favorite thing in this world. And I love Sonia. However, it's not fun to watch somebody get blackout drunk at 11 a.m. in daylight. Like, it's it's pathetic. I don't want it for, for four episodes in a row. Like... I'm sick of it. And we've, and also we've seen this before. Like this exact storyline played out in season seven where she, where Bethany was the one who was kind of like shaking her to wake up. It's just, I'm just, oh, I need a minute from Sonia. <laughs> totally.
0: I get okay. it. I get it. I, I'm loving every second of it. This goes back to everything Abby was saying. I love Sonia. Mm-hmm. I think, um, tiring or not, I do give her credit for just kind of throwing all fucks out the window and just doing whatever she wants, whether people agree with it or not. But mm-hmm. I enjoy the messiness that comes with Lady Morgan, but I can see how I, as a viewer, yeah. it definitely can get tiring.
2: I will tell you this, Sonia, it's real. Yes, she plays it up for the camera, but I have had first... So I went to I went to a couple of films. So the comedy event, obviously... Um, I was at that filming. And then I was at two other filmings this year, which ha- you know, you'll know you see later on. I went to, I was invited to, um, so Leah, who I love, by the way, Leah throws uh, an event for the 15th anniversary of her clothing line, Married to the Mob. And that's a whole like story in itself. But at that event, Sonia, this event like went to like midnight. I didn't get home to like after midnight. I was like, it was unbelievable it, it wound up being a really really fun party like once the cameras like stopped filming and they took down the lights it wound up being like an amazing night out but sonia was like can i curse on here yeah oh yeah okay, okay. <laughs> we okay. maybe moms, even, but we definitely curse. even though <laughs> I said fuck like five times already but um uh, <laughs> but um sonia what okay how do i say this elegantly um just, Leah, okay. <laughs> Just Leah, Leah um Leah run has has a very different listen like Leah lives in the financial district like she's she's actually like cool and young and like with it and has a very diverse group of friends unlike the rest of the women who all live, you know uptown and like all of their friends are rich white women, okay Leah has what New York really is which is a A Very ethnic mix of people, you know, gay people, black people, um, a, a very healthy mix. And so this party was very representative of it. Sonia was really trying. I saw this with my own eyes. I'm not just like saying, oh, I heard this like fifth hand. Like I was there. I saw this. Sonia was like trying to fuck this guy like this young guy he was probably like 25 like the whole night she was like on top of him like you think this like just picture I don't even know No, how I'm it. picturing
0: it right now so you no don't need like, to describe trying, anymore
2: trying to like grind on him and she wound up like later that night she wound up because she was, like, blackout, I think she, like, lost her phone at one point. That became, like, a whole mishigas. Everybody had to stop and find Sonia's phone. And then she wound up spilling an entire bottle of vodka on my arm. Like, on me. Like, by accident because she was a oh, mess. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, literally, I, I could still, like, like I had to, like, really, like, get get all my shit dry cleaned because, like, you could smell the vodka on me and on my clothes from Sonia like days later. Oh God. I hate mean, vodka. I, I, lo- I hate I loved, vodka. It. I hate I, vodka. I loved it, but I, don't get me wrong. I loved every second of it. But you know, I'm just kinda of trying to illustrate that you know, she's I know messy. that oh well she's she's an alcoholic. Like yeah.
1: she's she, you know I think a lot of them are on Rony. I don't know and I'd like I don't know what this says about me if that's part of the reason why I love it because I do love their sloppy drunk scenes. I agree. Sometimes it feels like I have the same thought I'm like, are we having deja vu? Why is uh, Sonia at a r- winery drunk in the middle of the day again like it just felt yeah. very odd but or just like we're running out of material and content for her yeah. but like I feel like you know Dorinda has a drinking
2: problem oh Luanne. Dorinda. clearly yeah see I don't think Luann I, I I I don't know if I'm the right or wrong side of history here and I don't know the, the I don't know certain specifics but just as a viewer, and also, like, I have met Luann a bunch of times, and Luann is honestly, like, one of the nicest housewives. She Maybe she actually may be the nicest, the most pleasant, like, engaging housewife that I've come across. Like, I love Luann. Like, I really love her. I love her on the show, and I – the times – the handful of times that I've, like, been around her, she's been – so generous and sweet and, like, really sits there and, like, looks you in the eye, asks about you. Like, I, I I, can't say enough nice things about Luann. But for sure, Dorinda is a raging alcoholic, if not, like, worse, like, harder drugs. Like, I think she's definitely on coke or whatever. Um Sonia, it's clear as day. See, Luann, I think that she had a bad night. Uh, I think she had a bad night, period. And it just... Escalated, escalated from there yeah 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 but listen like I don't know her I don't know she sits and drinks alone you know I, I you know she's a stranger on a you know quite frankly to me but it's just my two cents take her leave.
0: <laughs> no I get it I think with housewives with the ones that are your favorites you tend to like protect them and want to keep them <laughs> and I think there's probably validity <laughs> to everything you're saying but like you want to keep them in a little bubble and <laughs> don't want any ugliness to come out, so I I totally get it.
2: Yeah, I'm curious how are you guys how do you guys like this season of New York as compared to this season of Beverly Hills?
1: Ooh, that is tough. Uh, so, like you, Roni is like my live and die franchise. I I love it. I think it's one of those ones that like even when it's not as good. It's still better than majority of the other franchises out there. So I will die on the sword for Roni. And I, um, if I criticize it, it's only because I know it's like high caliber and can do better. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, I loved it in the beginning. I go through phases. Kyle Richards for me is kind of that housewife where I have a, a bias towards her. I love her. I know there's people who don't and she's just one of like for some reason I'm just drawn to her and I really love her. But I just, I don't, I don't know how the West Coast shows are going to hang. Vanderpump is not performing the way it used to. OC, I think, is nearing the end. And I think Beverly Hills is possibly going to fall short this season as well and last season on Beverly Hills was terrible
2: wait I'm but shocked you you don't like this current season of Beverly Hills
1: I do but I don't think I think we're going to get into a situation where they tie the whole season to one thing like last year was all tied to the dog and I think this year it's going to be all tied to Denise and this whole like three something and I just think 20 episodes of that is going to get old
2: I'm yeah, just but, like but predicting so, for. but so much has happened and we're not even at that yet
1: I know, no, I agree. I think we're like three or four episodes in. I just I I worry that like the next 15, 14 uh-huh. episodes is all gonna be about this. Hmm. Because I think if it wasn't the case, why didn't they they're already splitting up the whole Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo thing? It should have
2: happened last that, week. Okay, that is nuts to me that they that that was what they hinged the entire premiere on. You no, know, I, I want I wanna be before I go into my whole rant about this. I actually, I cannot believe, like I talk about this on my show, like guys, like I cannot believe I am saying this, but I actually am enjoying and looking forward to Beverly Hills more like week to week than New York. And that's like never been the case. Like, I mean, I, I love Beverly Hills. It's probably my second, you know, it's my second favorite behind Ronnie, but th- just this particular season, I'm just so into, I'm so into Denise and Aaron. I could watch them all fucking day like i i'm so into it they're just so i love i love it and i love watching kyle just unravel i'm finding it all like insanely entertaining whereas new york is like exhausting me a little bit but you know i'm home i'm hoping like we'll get out of the funk like for me like new york has just been a little bit rocky there have been some great episodes like the tq torches and then there have been episodes like Sonya's fashion show, which were like put me to sleep, but
1: um, I also think the one thing with Roni right now, and I hope they just like <clears throat> realize this isn't like being well received. The whole feud with Dorinda and Tinsley because they Tinsley didn't tell her about like the breakup and the back together and the breakup. Mm-hmm. That I, I think that part, I'm like come on, Roni, you're better than that. I will say I think Beverly Hills has started very strong, but like my biggest concern is like they tied this whole thing, like you said, to this bravo, bravo, fucking bravo scene. Then they don't even air it. And it makes me just wonder if like they're saving it because that's all they have for this season. And they're tying everything to this. We're gonna get a big build up and that's all we're gonna get this season. I just okay. I hate when it's okay, all around so, one thing.
2: So two thoughts. You just brought up two things that I wanna I, I'm so glad you just brought that up. The the tin okay, let's first we'll get into the bravo bravo thing in a second the Tinsley Dorinda thing i completely agree with you it is excruciating to watch because tinsley is a likable character like in the in the scope of the show like she's harmless she's like utterly harmless and like enjoyable to watch for me at least and i think a lot of the viewers um i know that so i know that at BravoCon, were you guys at BravoCon? Yes. You we were, yeah. Oh, you were amazing. Um, did you have a good time? Oh, I wish I was time. there right now. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the best time. So, at BravoCon, um, a, a friend of a friend w- happened to be Dorinda's handler um, for that whole weekend. So, like, they basically, you know, she had a bunch of like panels, and she did the aerobics and. I'm hearing this literally secondhand, so it's not too far removed. Basically, Dorinda was talking her handler's ear off about how the producers were riding her that she had to bring it this season. That basically, we're without Bethany, and it's, she needs, listen, at the end of the day, like, Luann, Sonia, and Ramona, they're not alphas in the way that Dorinda is. I mean, clearly, if you just look at last week's episode, Dorinda's. I mean Dorinda went off the reservation but Dorinda's the only one who really has the force and the power to go in on somebody and really like aggressively fight somebody. And so I think she was feeling the pressure from, from the jump, like from episode one, where she like immediately started digging at Tinsley. And it's just such an idiotic fight. And what bothers me is the, the reason that I'm having issues with New York this season is number one, the just like the constant drinking. It's like, I'm sick of it. I've seen it a hundred times over. Like we got to do something else. But also the fact that there's no, like, where's the arc for the women? You know? Like there's no journey really that we're on. It's just Dorinda, like, where's the story? You know?
0: Yeah. I feel yeah. Like, I was just gonna say, I think there's you have a lot of points there. I, I totally believe in everything you're saying about um, Dorinda having to go after Tinsley and that she of all the women is the one that could do it. I just think, I think sometimes Bravo has forgotten how savvy the viewers are. And I think things like that become transparent.
2: Like mm-hmm. we just kind
0: of know that it's a storyline, it's stage, it's fake, especially with all, um, I just wish they would kind of let that be because we know a lot of those friendships are organic and mm-hmm. that's what's made that cast so successful. I just wish they would cut the bullshit with that stuff because I, it's, I it's so obvious.
2: Mm-hmm. So you're, you're so exactly right. Um, in fact, I literally said something like almost like the exact words out of your mouth. <laughs> I said, um, w- the interview that came out on, on my podcast with Peter today, it's actually, and you guys may be, your listeners may be like, why the, like, why do I care about Peter? Like, why should they listen? But it's actually very funny. And like I said, I like put him on the spot about a couple things. And one of the things was... These sort of pre- overly produced, clearly with like LVP, her hand in the mix, you know, these sort of like constructed fake scenes. And he had, you know, ba- and I basically said to him, listen, the Vanderpump Rules was so real and organic and authentic in the beginning. Like I literally said to him, like it was literally like a Shakespearean drama. And because of that, the viewers can smell bullshit faster than anyone particularly on Vanderpump rules because i think the first couple of seasons of vanderpump rules there was nothing more real on tv than that and so i think that i think what you're you're basically applying that same concept to the Durinda shit on rony
1: yeah i mean that's actually like we keep talking about like why we're so disappointed in vanderpump is cuz when it first came out it really felt like it was the only real reality TV show and not even in terms of just like scripted, but like they all really were friends. It wasn't like a forced, like you're being casted on this show and you're going to have to start hanging out with these people. They all were kind of poor, like they had shitty apartments and that felt real because they're in L.A. and there were, you know, servers. And now it's like, I don't know, just the way the show is pivoted and changed. And like there's so many things that it's so obvious. Like we talked about last week on our podcast, the whole cleaning of the bathrooms. Was a calculated Bobby Fisher move of Lisa to highlight that she has uh, unisex gendered bathrooms, and like I think that's great, but there's better ways to do it than like some fake bathroom cleaning where you show me the bathroom sign that says unisex five different times. Like, it just, Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on, Bravo. We, we see what you're doing
2: here. Dude, I made Peter respond to, it's funny. He like freaks out at like a few different points in the middle of the interview. That's why I'm saying it's kind of funny. Like he like loses it for a couple of seconds. Like I, I brought up a couple of these like sort of contrived scenes. Like the first one I said was, you remember at Pride when Raquel like was late and no, missed her shift or whatever. And he's like reprimanding her. And I'm like, like, that's an example. And he's like, wait, you think that Raquel didn't miss her shift? And I was like acting. And I was like, well, it just seemed over the top. Like it seemed put on for TV. You know, like there needed to be a conflict between Raquel and James and the, the Sir and whatever. And he's like, okay. So I'm like running around with a chicken with my head cut. Cap- it was It's, you need to listen to his reaction.
1: I can't, I like love listening to people, like the change in their voice and when they get like nervous and feel defensive. So I cannot wait to listen to this.
2: At one point he goes, Really? really like so loud <laughs> I had to like lower the volume
1: like, well and Peter probably isn't as trained as some of the other ones because he isn't totally. like a main cast member so he hasn't been coached on like how to respond to tough questions yes. the way a yeah. oh my has oh my gosh I love that I mean you really have just encountered so many people you have so many good stories We've talked about Peter. We've talked about some other uh, ones that you've interviewed and encountered with. But I'm dying to know, do you have any good tea that we would love to hear with some of your recent interviews?
2: So um, do you guys watch Summer House? We We love. love, We love Summer House. Summer House was the show of the quarantine for me. Amen. Amen. I mean, light and bright, just the perfect solve for Vanderpump rules. Like the reason that everybody is frustrated with Vanderpump, just turn to Summer House and like your worries will go away. Oh my God,
0: Jess, you're speaking our language. We've been been for weeks shouting on our rooftops everything that you just said.
2: So I I interviewed Kyle Cook um, like two weeks ago and this was really interesting. So he said that they are – hellbent and determined to shoot a season five this summer. Because basically they would st- start shooting like in the middle of June. They typically shoot mid-June to Labor Day. And, you know, he was basically like, bravo, the production has penciled out three different solutions for how they could film. The first option would be everybody quarantined together. So they, they would have to quarantine before film, basically all the cast and all the crew would have to quarantine together, and then they would shoot it like Big Brother style. Yes, in the house. I, would I love, love that.
0: Please, yes. please go with option A. Okay, <laughs> that was option B and C.
2: <laughs> so, so he said he said that, and then he said that, and be, and also too, they no matter what, there would be no like going back to the city. Like it'd be too much in terms of like too much risk in too much risk given just. The climate, like we're, you know, listen, I, I'm here in New York and, you know, we're, they just extended the stay at home order. You know, you it, it would be too much to to go back and forth. Option two would be they push filming back to like maybe late July and they do, so if things begin to open up a little bit more and the social distancing rules lessen, they would be able to have parties and stuff, but they would have like temperature checks at the door. You know what I mean? Oh, weird. yeah. Yeah. And hmm. they would, and they would, it would enable them to, again, meaning if they push filming back, they would be able to still, you know, cause listen, like a big part of the charm of Summer House is like you want to see the Hamptons, you want to see these restaurants and like all, you know, you need to see them a little bit outside the house. And so he was saying like if we can do it a little bit, like that would be great. And then the third, what was the third option? I don't know. Some sort of hybrid between the two. That well, he said no matter what, they wouldn't be going back to the city. And he said that because Amanda is now full time at Loverboy, they they all work for themselves. Like the whole cast, you know, Hannah, you know, does stand up and is, has her podcast. That I don't think she makes money aside from that. Like I think she,
1: all of them were smart and capitalized. Like, oh, cool, we've been on this reality show and we've been given a platform, and they all have made. Something out of it, which is a genius move. Everyone on a reality show should have a similar plan mm-hmm. in place.
2: So, in reality, they, the reason why they go back to the city, like the the conceit all along, is they're going back because they have jobs. And you know, Carl has been fired from. You know, he now works for Loverboy. So basically, he was saying how Amanda was the last one who had a real nine to five job, and she quit that job. You know, back in the fall, so. There, they can truly film it all at the house and stay in the Hamptons for, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll truncate it to like a four, five, or six week filming period. I would love
1: to see kind of the the drama and conflicts because they all are going to have different things going on. Like Hannah's going to want to do her podcast, so she's going to have to tell everyone to like shut up or figure mm-hmm. out a great quiet place where she can mm-hmm. record. I'm sure Lindsay's going to have like business calls and stuff she wants to do where she's promoting different things. And I can also see the group getting annoyed at like lover boy meetings happening, like <laughs> sp- like spontaneously, like, oh, that's a great business idea. And then Amanda's chiming in and Carl and Kyle, like, I can see them be like, stop, we're not talking business right now. Like, I kind of like the dynamics of everyone learning how to work from home with other people working from home. Because we're all, if you live with someone
2: else, you're facing that right now too. Totally. It's very real. It's re- What did you guys think of the reunion? It was, was disappointing. Uh,
0: disappointing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It would it just seem kind of,
0: honestly, I love the season so much, mm-hmm. but I just felt like one Andy gave zero fucks because he showed up in a sweatshirt and then you mm-hmm. get like A-list Andy with Atlanta ladies. And, like It's just, mm-hmm. it just felt, um, it felt just, I don't know, given how great the season was, I just felt like he did bring it with the questions, but it just wasn't, I don't know. It was lacking something to me. Well, in the
1: setup of it, like mm -hmm. Jules looked like she just had her own computer. I don't think anyone shipped her like a ring light or anything special. And then you see the setup that like the housewives had and Jules audio was terrible too. I'm like, oh my God, she's literally just doing this from her MacBook. Probably doesn't even have headphones in. Uh, So, and like her background, I felt so bad for her. It looked like she was just like sitting by her closet. So I did. And then like that Atlanta was just such a big difference. Mm -hmm. And they were only filmed quote, like zoomed uh, a day apart.
2: So, okay, so here's, here's the thing. So Andy said on his radio show, so, so for a fact, they filmed the summer, the summer house reunion was filmed like a watch what happens live, like truly over zoom, like for real using zoom, Atlanta Vanderpump. And, you know, God, I really hope we don't have to do New York and Beverly Hills like remote, but we may, it may be the reality, but at least for Atlanta and Vanderpump, because those shows are much higher budget and they have you know the, the ratings are you know much more significant they shipped out individual laptops to every single cast member on you know for right now it, it for Atlanta and Vanderpump and they literally gave that like there were like real cameras uh real laptop sound equipment lighting like people literally went into their homes like in like hazmat suits and set it up Exactly how it should be. And that is the reason that there was no audio cutout or any buffering on the video. It's because Zoom is, it's not that stable of a platform. Um, And they they didn't use it. They used, you know, they weren't like recording it over. I mean, obviously recording it over Wi-Fi because they all had to interact with each other, but they were doing something else, something else entirely that was way more sophisticated.
0: Well, thank you for that explanation because we were just talking. We've been talking about that a lot and we just made assumptions by watching Atlanta that we were like something had to be done a lot differently that we didn't yeah. think they just relied on um Zoom and you're totally right. I mean, Zoom is for happy hours. I don't know that it's <laughs> meant for TV production, but um exactly. <laughs> yeah, but what did you think of the reunion? Were you did, same were as you, you same, f-
2: same as you. Honestly. Yeah, um too just dis- too disjointed. I hate when the audio is buffering, the video is buffering. Um, I need everybody to be lit the same way. <laughs> and also beyond that, they all seem to be dressed for like a different event.
1: Yeah. There wasn't like a consistent memo. Like here's, here's the vibe we're going for. I mean, and it definitely um, felt like some people like made a cute, like decorated their a little corn, like Paige, yeah. like made sure she looked great. Like, and, and that's her, that's her brand Paige but then like some of the other ones
2: Paige showed up for a housewives reunion in that yes
1: outfit. <laughs> i thought <laughs> she looked great though too i but i loved it yeah. i'm like this is what we expect with a reunion like i think like had they typically i think summer house does theirs more on like on the watch what happens live set type of reunion mm-hmm. but uh, it's like similar to like below deck but they still get really dressed up and like they come prepared and ready for it mm-hmm I was so disappointed in Luke too. I actually really liked him this season and I liked, I like him as a person and I just felt like he just seemed over it. Maybe he was just in a bad headspace uh, on the day that they did the reunion, but mm-hmm. somebody should have coached him. Like, listen, the whole point of this is to have like some conflict and bring up some bad blood from the, what we saw on the show. It's not to just be like, whatever, fine, moving on. Like, I just felt like he felt very out like just uh checked out.
2: I came out of the reunion really disliking Luke. Like, I liked him in the very beginning of the season. And then as it went on, it was so obvious to me that he was never interested in Hannah. I mean, this is just like my hot take. I believe – I mean, I haven't heard anybody else actually give this opinion. It's just – this is just my opinion. I don't think he was ever interested in Hannah romantically. I think he used her – I think that they they, they were friendly and I think that he used her for a storyline on the show. Like he knows he needs to do something on this show. And what better than to like date the fan favorite from last year? I mean, it's like, think about it. It's the reason that he never slept with her. I mean,
0: that's fair. I was, I was shipping those two so hard. So I'm (laughs) going to choose a romantic take. I don't, I also don't know that he's that savvy with reality TV to know to do that. At least I'm choosing to believe that.
2: I don't know. I don't know that I would give him that much credit, but you might be onto something. So my counter to that is that he was brought on the show by Kyle. Because I, I, in when my interview with Kyle, I was like, where the hell did they find Jules, who's from, like, another planet, and Luke? I was like, where did they, these two come from? And he's like, well, I was friendly with Luke. I was like, okay, so that makes sense. So I think his good buddy Kyle is very, you know, savvy in wow. terms of how to make a show. So I'm sure he was like, uh, you got to hook up with Hannah. You know that's your storyline.
1: I mean, it wasn't a. It's not a bad move. And we. I mean, Vanessa and I fell for it. The one thing I thought was interesting is when they asked, like, "Did you go back to Minnesota?" It was kind of like, "Yeah," but there was no like talking of it. I don't know if he's like, just say you did. Now that you're saying this, I'm like, did she ever really go back and meet his family? No,
2: no, no, she didn't. She 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 said she didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. She said she didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that just adds more to it being fake because the fact that he left it as, like, I want you to meet my family, like, that would make it real because I feel like even if you're on a reality show, I wouldn't blur the lines of, like, mixing – like, letting someone meet my parents if it wasn't something I'm serious about. And maybe he feels differently, but I feel like most people would have a similar approach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Now you have my head spinning. I love I love when I hear these theories cuz I'm like, oh, could it be true?
2: But yeah, I mean to to circle back, like I'm loving Beverly Hills this season. I mean, I was shocked that they cut the Bravo Bravo thing, but I'm sure it's going to they're going to they're using it. Like I've noticed that it seems like they filmed for maybe like a month or so, and they're they're not really using that footage. Like they're like indispersing it, indispersing it into like they'll flash back like three days ago, and like in that sort of black and white footage to like fill in the gaps. But it does seem like they jumped ahead on the timeline, which is brilliant because no, typically they would actually you'd see the two of them, you know, you'd see you know whoever Adoree and Kyle just like shopping in some board scene like that would typically be what we would see last year and this year they're they're just using it as expository work to like fill in like some background so I like that like the story is moving like I I literally feel like we are like the roller coaster is like my point is that there's an arc like the roller coaster is like we're moving up the you know up the hill and then we're going to get to the peak and then it's going to drop and that's when the brandy shit's going to happen
1: i also think they're doing a really good job of utilizing off like off-camera non-filming um influence because like a lot of times we'll see this drama and stuff play out which we knew that there was something weird going on with brandy and uh cease and desist and all this with um Randy and Denise, like we saw that all leaked and we knew about it. But sometimes I feel like Bravo doesn't do, do a good job of controlling the narrative for once they know the show's wrapped. And so having Denise making statements like, I haven't said I'm not coming to the reunion. I haven't mm-hmm. said I'm done with this. Like, I feel like now we're all tuning in like, well, wait a minute. Like all the women thought she was done. So we want to know why that happens. But now I'm like, I want to see this reunion. I want to hear Denise's side of the story because she's not backing down. It's not a Vanderpump where she's just walking away.
2: I mean- they should be kissing the ground that Denise walked on.
1: She gave them this season. I mean, it's all going to be. I think it will all be about her, and whether uh-huh. that's good or bad is yet to be determined. But uh-huh. without her, what were we going to have? Teddy being pregnant, and we love Teddy, but she's too boring for reality TV. She's like a nice ish person, so I feel yeah. like she comes across as boring and plain.
2: I think when all is said and is, I th- I think when all is said and done, Denise is going to come out on top. I think the audience is is on Denise's side and they're going to be on her side like throughout the whole thing even though they're showing these little snarking moments where okay she or you know she's rude about the tequila like who gives a shit like it it just I really feel that Kyle is getting the villain edit and Denise is getting the rock star edit.
0: No, you're right. I mean, Denise was married to Charlie Sheen, so she knows how to to deal with some shit. And uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. And my hot take, to take a note from you, Jess, I want to believe everything you're saying about this season, and I have been loving it so far, but knowing that they had to bring back Eileen, um, Adrian, Brandy, all these old cast members just makes me wonder that's why I'm a little hesitant to see if there's any more, anything else besides the Thurston plot line.
2: But mm-hmm. we shall see. Oh, you, ju- you just made me think of something. Here, I'll, I'll give you a little hot tip. This is like jumping back to New York. So, like, we haven't seen this yet. It'll probably come up in the next, like, couple of episodes. The Berkshires episode this year, guess who... guess who like went to dinner with the whole cast and it was filmed like let's pray they keep it in but guess who was in the Berkshires with the whole cast and filmed
0: I can't even think of I mean I want to say Jill Zarin but I feel like that's a no
2: (laughs) Heather Thompson oh Oh. oh, I like that (laughs) yeah Uh, I would love Heather back actually yeah I know me too I know. She
1: and Bethany just didn't mesh well. And like, I think when Bethany came back and everyone loves Bethany, it was kind of like, all right, Heather, like your strong personality Mm -hmm. isn't going to fit. But I think it would be nice to see her come back. And we've seen a lot of women be successful coming back to a Real Housewives franchise after stepping away for a little bit. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That having been said, I do not think Bethany will ever be back.
1: I think, yeah, I agree. I think she's done. She did it once. I also think that not that she's gotten too big, but I think she's beyond like the petty drama with the women. And after going through what she went through with Dennis, I think that season was just too hard for her. And I think she's ready to do other things in life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that she I, I, all I agree 100%. But I also think that she pissed off Bravo by like, I, I think in the very beginning, she was like saying some negative things about the show, like this new season. And they don't like that. Like that I mean, they would take her back in a hot second, like, don't get me wrong, but I do think that she like rubbed them the wrong way by I'm sure did you did you hear that who was it? I think Leah and Leah and Ramona both said that it it is absolutely true that Bethany was blowing up the cast and production throughout filming, just like wanting to know what was going on. Like what are the storylines? like what's happening? Really? Yeah. They both like I I saw them. I don't know. I think maybe Leah did it on like on an Instagram live or something. But yeah, she was like, Yes, like that was happening.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean that kind of yeah. surprises me from Bethany. I would think she if she was done, she's done and just move on and just let it mm. be.
2: She was probably bored. Like they didn't they haven't even filmed that um you know, her Mark Burnett show. Like, God knows when that's going to film with with all of this. I think it was supposed to film this – like, I think it was supposed to have already wrapped, but obviously got pushed to whenever. She's probably – like, in the fall, she wasn't doing anything. She was just sitting pretty in the Hamptons. (laughs)
1: Living the the life. Yeah. Uh, Jess, I feel like we could talk to you for four hours about, like, theories and our opinions and everything. Bravo. It has been just, like – so fun. Whenever we have people on who are just as enthusiastic about it as us and they like think about all these different things and like know the background and the history, it just makes it so fun. So thank you Aww. so much for sharing you. all your Bravo
2: knowledge with us. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Come back anytime. I, and I've spilling got- Spilling that tea. Yeah. Li- listen, you know what, here, I'll, I'll give you a hint N- next time. Okay. If you invite me back, I'll tell you the story of how I- Went to the opening of Christina Aguilera's residency in Vegas and Erica Jane, Mikey, and the crew were seated directly in front of us. And I will I promise I'll give you all the information on that experience I had. That is one hundred percent true. It was a year ago. And the next time you'll get that story.
1: <laughs> okay, well we're gonna have you on next week and at- <laughs> I can't, I mean, we'll, we'll be in, uh, immediately sending you messages to figure out when we can get that one scheduled, but uh, remind everyone again, where they can find you on Instagram and how they can find your podcast.
2: Sure thing. Yeah. So, uh, um, you can find me, uh, Jess X NYC on Insta and the name of the podcast is hot takes and deep dives. And the. In the, the show account is just at Hot Takes Deep Dives. And that's where I promote, you know, all the new episodes that come out. I do stories about, you know, sometimes I'll pull like some like juicy, like, you know, if it's a juicy interview, like with the one with Peter uh, today, like I'll pull a few, you know, clips from it and like promote that on there. But yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: Well, thank you so much. And we can't wait to talk to you again soon.
2: Awesome. Thanks,
1: guys. It was so fun.
0: We had so much fun talking to Jess and we hope you just had, you had just as much fun listening to this episode. Like Abby said, we could talk to her for hours and hours. I'm dying to know about the Erica Jane tea. I almost don't want to know if Erica wasn't (laughs) a queen, like the way I see her, but we're going to have to have Jess back on. What do you think, Abby? Yeah,
1: I mean, that's – like, when she, as soon as she said, it, I'm like, I'm dying to know. But I'm like, wait a minute. Don't tell me if she was rude. Uh, but these are the things I love for. Like, I love knowing what housewives are truly like when they're not filming. And being in the Midwest, we don't have a lot of encounters and run-ins. I think we need to move. We need to move to a coast. Yes.
0: Let's just uproot our families. Or maybe we just need, like, a summer home with our um, – billion dollars that we have in the bank. Yeah. And- <laughs> we make so much money off
1: of this. I think we just get an apartment uh, yeah. in California, an apartment in New York and we just jet set. I mean, that's totally reasonable.
0: Yeah, totally realistic. But we're working towards that people. Please, please, please if you haven't already subscribe, take 60 seconds to give us a five-star rating or leave a review. It makes all the world's difference. Abby and I have and I have so many fun things in the pipeline and for us to continue to get such great guests we really need to show up in our, the podcast algorithms. And if you aren't already, please follow us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo, and we will catch you soon. Is your daily grind getting you down? A thermospa's hot tub may be the solution just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles you'll not only feel better but sleep better too call 877-861-4672 now and for a limited time save $1,250 call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment